God of wisdom, by your spirit, may your word be proclaimed that we may know good news in our hearts and minds and bear witness to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in word and in deed. Now quiet in us any voice but yours so that we may hear your word to us today. Amen. Well, today's scripture reading from the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke is usually called the parable of the prodigal son, although some call it by what may be a more accurate name, the parable of the loving father. When he and I were children, my little brother called it the story of the little boy who ran away from home, and it was his favorite story. You may hear this story with a little degree of worry because I've told you about that famous New York preacher who did a three-month-long series on this parable of the prodigal son. Toward the end, one wise older lady was overheard saying, you know, sometimes I wish that boy had never left home. <laughs> but wait, wait, don't worry. This is going to be a sermon, not a series. <laughs> When I began my lay pastor training, our teacher had us choose a Bible story, write it out, and then look it up in the Bible to see what we had left out and what we had added. Then we had to tell another member of the class the story that we had chosen from the point of view, the perspective of one of the characters in that story. Well, I blessed my classmate Douglas with a moving rendition of this story from the perspective of the older brother. You know, the good son who felt his dutiful obedience and faithfulness to his father had never been fully appreciated, much less celebrated, while that spoiled scoundrel of a little brother was given a ring, a robe, and a glorious party that he did not deserve at all. When I came to the conclusion of my version, do you know what my classmate Douglas said? He said, don't you think the prodigal son is about the most overpreached scripture there is? <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the text for the day, you know my answer to Doug's question, not yet. <laughs> but, to help us hear this very familiar story in a new way, I'll read from the Common English Bible, the CEB. So listen now for the word of God. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus told them this parable. And we skipped some verses as a story about a woman who loses a coin and then rejoices extravagantly when she finds it. And there's the story of the lost sheep where the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to get that one lost one. And then we get to, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son 
gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fatted calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And some of the commentaries said, you know, this would be a good place to end that story. But that's not where Jesus ended it. Now his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, what was going on? The servant replied, your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fat, fatted and calfed because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years, and I never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returned after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Oh well, Lord, we pray that what is preached will be according to your word, and more importantly, that what is heard will be according to your will. In Christ's name, amen. Recognize anybody? One way to dig deeper into the stories of the Bible, to understand the story at a very personal level, is to discover a word from God from you, for you, 
is to figure out who you relate to most and who you relate to least in the story. Another way to study a story from the Bible is to ask three questions. Where is God in this story? What does this story teach us about God? And if you're really brave, you'll ask, what does this story teach me about me? So who is God in this story? Clearly, God is neither the party boy nor is God the dutiful but bitter and whiny older brother. Surely, God is the loving father who runs to and forgives the prodigal even before the son begs for forgiveness. God is the one who rejoices and celebrates a child who was lost and has come to his senses. One reason the parable of the prodigal son is such a powerful and popular story is that if we are honest, we know something of the feeling of that wayward child. There's a preacher in New Hampshire named Emily Heath, and she has written, we have all disappointed everyone who has ever loved us, God included. That's real, but so is grace. And the thing about grace is that those moments of disappointment do not define us. Unless, of course, we're so scared of our loved one's rejection that we choose to let them. In Lent, you and I are called, we're called home by God who will come running down the road just to hold us. Once more, we turn away not from life, but from those places in life where we are not true to the person God's created us to be. So in this season, we find that our failures are indeed real. But God's love is so much bigger and so much better than we could ever have imagined. So what does this story of the father who had two sons what does it teach us about God? Well, it teaches us that God is loving and forgiving. In fact, in this story, the loving father forgives the prodigal son even before he gets a chance to get out that whole fine speech he had been rehearsing while tending the pigs. Now, perhaps like me, you've heard people loudly announce that they're ready to bury the hatchet. They're ready to forgive a certain person they believe done them wrong. If and only if that sorry scoundrel apologizes, gets down on their knees and begs for forgiveness. But that's not the example of the father who had two sons. In fact, did you notice not only does the father forgive the prodigal, he also forgives that sulking older brother, the one who claimed to be so perfect that the father just didn't even notice did you hear his claim? Look, I've served you all these years. I never disobeyed your instruction. Now, really, <laughs> seriously, is there a son or a daughter anywhere who can honestly claim to be that perfect a child? Then the furious brother pulls a clever rhetorical trick. Did you catch his phrase? The son of yours. And he adds a new charge about the prostitutes <coughs> gobbling up the estate. But the loving father is wiser than both of his sons. He responds 
to the self-righteous, I never rebelled, you never celebrated. He answered those two nevers with always and everything, saying, son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. And the loving father responds to the effort to hold the prodigal brother out at arm's length by calling him this brother of yours, who was dead and is alive, who was lost and is found. And you may be wondering, now where is the mother in this story, right? Well, I heard from ladies who went to the ladies retreat this weekend that the mama was home praying that son out of a pigsty. <laughs> so if you think of all the people in the world as children of God, that is, if you see everyone as siblings, brothers and sisters, and you look at the parable of the prodigal son and hold it up like a mirror, reflecting all of us, let me ask you a question. Recognize anybody? Thanks be to God. As you enter the day, I charge you to remember that above all else, no matter how frightening this world may become, no matter how frightening your life may be today or may become tomorrow, you don't need to be afraid because God goes with you. God goes before you to guide you. God goes beside you to be your best friend. God goes behind you to protect you. God goes beneath you to strengthen you. And God goes within you to comfort you. And God goes above you to give you vision and hope. Remember that no matter how dark and frightening it is, no matter what the circumstances, today or next week, you don't have to be afraid because Almighty God goes with you. You remember that. Then the peace of God that passes understanding will go with you too. 